you are looking live at the new logo of the Sideline Junkies Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Rise, presented by the Sideline Junkies and partially sponsored by FanDuel. Let's not forget that. All lines you hear today will be provided by FanDuel. Uh, Joining us this morning, the one, the only, the Midnight Rider, Colts play caller, Ben. The man that pays all the bills, keeps all the lights on and writes the checks. And he must be paying the guys in the truck a very, very handsome fee because we haven't had any issues in months. The boss, BJ. Let's go. So, starting this thing off, you know, Sunday rise, NFL week 11. We had some things come up. And this is crazy because I never thought, I never knew this is a rule. The NFL released a memo, dot, dot, dot. They sent a letter threatening significant discipline for those drinking alcohol at team facilities and on the planes. When did that become a thing, gentlemen? Uh, I'll start out with the Midnight Rider. We'll go to the, the boss, BJ, and I'll wrap this up. So how do I say this the right way? When I, when I saw the memo or heard the memo come out, my first thought was um, the actual letter and the intent of the letter was, dear dumbass, stop recording this shit because we've been doing this shit for years. So as long as you guys don't record it, we're good. And I think that's exactly what it was. I, I think this is going to go on. It's been going on. And that's why guys had their buddies pick them up from the um, from the airport. So don't be stupid and record the alcohol in the picture. Just do whatever your celebration is without the alcohol. And then everything else is normal. And that way you're not messing up for everybody. Go ahead, B. Ding, ding, ding. The Midnight Rider hit that thing with a sledgehammer. Social media age is killing a lot of these kids because everything doesn't have to be recorded you know and everything is recorded now put up so at the end of the day you have a business that is the nfl and we already know these companies bent over backwards to their customers so the first complaint you hear oh my god you let them drink liquor on the plane this that and other so don't forget the nfl all these big organizations lawyers they got all these people in place that nip this in the bud before you even say, hey, we we already had this rule. We don't condone it. And if we see it again, it's going to get fine. So now, you know, you won't see this. Hopefully, you won't see this. It's always going to be one dumbass to make an example out of. But hopefully, this nips this in the bud. And you can celebrate in peace without having all of social media see it. KG? I agree with you gentlemen wholeheartedly because there's no reason, you know, you, we're in a cyber age. You cannot condone. I'm sorry. You cannot get caught doing dumb stuff on camera because you're incriminating yourself. Stop it. And a lot of people say, well, it's because of the commanders and Taylor Heineke double fisting uh, some Bush. And honestly, come on now. He was drinking Bush. That's camel piss. You know, you can't get drunk off of that. You got to drink like three 24 packs. 
to get even a buzz off of that. That is water. I, I just, uh, I always you know, thought that it was a, it was just a normal thing on team buses and team planes. You know what's funny is, I'm amazed that fans complain about the things they do every day. Like it's like the players can't be people. They complain because this guy had a beer after work. Who doesn't have a beer after work? Who doesn't have a beer when they're celebrating? Like I, I hate this fake um, persona or motif that these athletes are are greater than thou and they can't be human. And it, it's it's frustrating when you when you watch it play out. Like this this isn't something you gasp over because mm. you know what you're gonna be doing this talking about this and then two two days later you had Fridays at happy hour after you done won some big job or whatever or got a big sale. Now what? So. Like, let's stop the, the fake, the, the hypocrisy. Let's stop all that. You know what they call it? Uh, it the, the, the other side that I really don't bang with, they say, oh, this is just the fake woke side. People are being too woke. This is not being woke. This is unwritten rules, things that are done that have been done behind closed doors for years. Now, all of a sudden, they're coming to Front Street. I can't get mad at you for things that were done behind closed doors that I never knew about as a fan, but I knew about as a fan. But you, right. it just it was something you didn't talk about. Now, all of a sudden, everything is blasted on the Internet. Everything. You want to you want to know what happened with this event. I guarantee if you go to Twitter within four to five minutes of it happening, even less sometimes, you can get a video of it and find out exactly what's going on. Because everything is recorded every time. It's always somebody watching. It's always something. And this is one of them times. So I think it's a, I think it's dumb, in my opinion, to send this memo out. Like, I understand why you did it, but nobody should have to be told this. But this is also a direct byproduct of the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans getting caught with a DUI. That's also the part, the, the second part of this. It wasn't, I don't <sighs> think, whoa, I don't think Konecki was the issue. I think the DUI is what made this get on Front Street. Yeah, but uh, and what wasn't uh, Andy Reid's son? Wasn't he drunk too? Yeah, he was. But that was I think his was separate from a game day, if I remember correctly. Um, but his son always has. He's had a couple issues with with DUIs. I think hmm. he just. I I want to say something just popped up in the news a couple weeks ago. He might have. Received some punishment for that. He did. Mm. They should have locked him in a room with that room. with that little girl father, and let him pun let him give out that punishment. But that's just my opinion. You know, uh, we love the kids around here. That's what we do, and that was just a terrible, unfortunate incident. So, um, getting into our first game of the gate of the day, live from Detroit at one p.m. and I'm. I, Midnight Rider, we talked about this Thursday. Why would they move this game out of Buffalo, the six feet of snow? And then I seen the snow in the stadium. I was like, oh, okay, that's why they moved it out. I understand. Uh, the boss BJ's Buffalo Bills hosting in Detroit, uh, the Cleveland Browns. The over-under is seven and a half. Bills are favorite. I'm sorry, the over-under is 49 and a half. The Bills are favorite uh, seven and a half. Um. Boss BJ, I'm going to let you take this one first, and we're going to sit back and hear what you got to say because I know 
I know it's something coming, and it's going to be good. Let's go. I got a lot to say, and I need a couple of minutes to kind of dish this out. First of all, let's go to the brand-new stadium they're building in downtown Buffalo for the Buffalo Bills that they refuse to put a roof on. And now you have 56,000 approximate tickets they sell so for the Detroit the Detroit game that's Buffalo, you know, but mostly Bills fans. So you have to drive to Detroit to see your your your, your Buffalo Bills, your beloved Buffalo Bills. If you're willing to drive out of Buffalo in six feet of snow to go to Detroit, why couldn't you go to your own damn stadium? Okay, they've called on the fans before, and they always get a ton of volunteers and help to shovel out that stadium. Ne- it never falls on deaf ears. They always get an army of volunteer fans to shovel out that stadium. And it would have been no different this time around. So I beg the developers that's building this stadium in downtown Buffalo, retractable roof. You can open a roof when you want to. You can still set, let the elements in, but you can control it. You know, when you when your Miamis come up, you open that roof. You let them feel that 20 negative negative wind chill, the 20 degrees, the rain, the sleet, the snow. You know, when a team like New England comes up, you don't have to because they play in the same stuff. They're used to it. You could close the roof. But please, please build some type of retractable roof on a new stadium. Okay, that was my first issue. The second issue is this team as a whole. I told y'all last week and the week before, I told them the Jets was going to give them problems. They lost to the Jets. Last week was a must-win game. They lost that game. They are now sixth place in the, not, not, not in the AFC. They went from first to sixth in their third place in the division. And the two teams that are above them, they've lost to the Dolphins and the Jets, which both look like legit strong teams, especially the Dolphins with to um with Hill and Waddle at receiver. They look they look legit. They look strong. If Tua can stay healthy, that is a problem in the AFC. Okay. Number one, Leslie Frazier and the defense. Micah Hyde has been gone for multiple weeks now out for the season. Jordan Poirier in and out of the lineup. Today, you're going to be missing Gregory Russo, Tremaine Edmonds, and I believe Jordan Poirier, even though he was uh, listed as possible. I I don't think Jordan Poirier is going to play today either. So I can't get mad at this defense. I can't get mad at this secondary. These are second and third string guys. And you expect them to cover Justin Jefferson. Now, I will say, uh, I believe it was Lewis, that, that big catch that Justin Jefferson had on fourth and 18. Instead of him trying to catch the ball, that is a back down situation. He, he, he completely blew that. I don't expect him to stay with Justice Jefferson step for step, but he had an opportunity to end that game. That ball should have been batted down, and he basically helped Justin Jefferson catch that ball. Uh, I can't be mad at this defense. I can't be mad at the way they're being coached because if you're missing, you you were missing Ed Oliver for a couple of weeks. He played last week. Von Miller, we know what Von Miller is, and Von Miller. He'll be absent all game. He'll come through with a big strip sack or a big-ass sack 
at the end of the game to change the possession, you're getting your money's worth out of Von Miller, okay? A.J. Espinosa is absolutely worthless. For the, the position he was picked at, he is absolutely worthless. And if you see what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing, the Philadelphia Eagles are serious about winning. About, they just they signed Indominus Suh. And who else? They just signed. They signed all Joseph. Okay. All Joseph. When I see that, I am I am steamy because Buffalo needs defensive line help. Needs depth. Why? And I get that, you know, they're looking for a certain type of person, but your 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 window for the Super Bowl is open. You're one of the teams that can possibly win the Super Bowl this year. Why not go get Ndamukin Sue? Why not go get Joseph to help show up the defensive line? Because now the Buffalo Bills have two issues on defense. For 80% of the game, they can't rush the passer. They've been non-existent the last two games, except when Von Miller finally got through. Ed Oliver made a couple of big plays. Cook had that big run. They're getting gashed in the run game. They're getting gashed in the pass game. And here you are with Leslie Frazier still sending four people. You cannot run this defense. You're running this defense as if they're healthy. You have second and third string players out there. You have to send more than four people. You have to. And it's, it's evidently obvious when you're watching these games. They're getting stonewalled. Like, you would have thought the Minnesota offensive line had a gun in their in they side of the Bills D-line. And like, look, don't pass me. Even if you beat me, you better not go past me. That's what it looked like last week. It looked like that in the Jets game. I can't fault second and third stringers. Teron Johnson, uh, Lewis, Benford, those guys are playing their asses off. They, you're getting all you can get out of these guys. The good thing about this, if you think about it this way, when I, I think I believe they uh, elevated Xavier Rhodes. I don't know why Tredavious White isn't back. Tredavious White was supposed to be back two weeks ago. I have no idea why he's not back. The Buffalo uh, sports stations I listen to have no idea why he's not back. This is a, I don't know why they're holding him out. They need him. And they need him to get back because he's going to need three, four weeks to get in game shape. But you're talking about a top seven, top six corner in the game when he's healthy. You need him back. Um I, I'm not mad at the defense. I'm mad at the, the play calling. I'm mad at the sending four people and not getting any type of pressure. I think they blitzed once or twice last week, sent the extra guy to. And, and it's like, nah, you need more of that. You need more of that. You know, they're, they're, they're defensively, I know where they're ranked. They're not that. They're not that. This is a, right now, this is a 15 to 20th kind of like ranked defense. I don't care where they are now, second, third, fourth. I don't – this is not that defense. Um, uh, come on. Come on. You Just let it go, man. Yeah. I, I, like I, a fart, better out than in. <laughs> I, I, I just want to make it clear. I am not mad at the guys that had to come in for Tredavious White, Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds left last the, the field last week with a groin injury. You lose him. And people forget how big and tall he is and how he clogs up the passing lanes 
when you lose him, middle of that field opens back up. Matt Milano, for what he is, he's still a smaller guy. You know, awareness, good. You know, he, he's he's he does what he does, but he's not. He doesn't have that athleticism Tremaine Edmonds has. Now to go to the offense. I know the three points isn't guaranteed. Two yards to go. Josh Allen damn near leads your team in rushing every week. And you're telling me, Devin Singletary, remember I told y'all last week, hey, put Devin Singletary in your fa- your fantasy. He had two t- tw- two quick touchdowns. Devin said put. So you're telling me that you can't run Devin Singletary. They pass every down. You can't run Devin Singletary or do a bootleg with Josh Allen to get two yards. And then you go for it on fourth down and throw it again. Now, I know Tyler Bass, you know, isn't it, it, the three points isn't guaranteed. But if you get those three points, guess what? At the end of the game, you're up more points. It's a different game. It's a whole different game. Um, the offensive line is absolute doo-doo garbage. And I, and I say this every week. This is a D squad. This is a fourth. When I say second and third string, these are this is your practice squad, offensive line. The only thing that makes this offensive line salvageable is the threat of Josh Allen and what these defense have have to do to cover the pass, cover cover Diggs, Davis, uh, McKenzie, all these guys that they have to cover Dawson Knox, and then worry about Josh Allen running. This is the only reason why this offensive line is upright period if this was a pocket quarterback be getting killed you'd be on your third quarterback right now if this was a pocket passing like aaron Rodgers, you'd be getting he'd be dead they'd be reattaching his leg this is a garbage offensive line um and it just tells you how good 17 is and i'm trying to go down the line because i'm i'm trying not to go too far off 17 josh allen what you love about him is what's killing him. He gets to the point where he feels like he has to get it all back in one play. And he results back to the Josh Allen we've seen the first year or two, where he's making pressing and making mistakes and things. And when he gets upset and angry, it's the best thing. Like you you love to see it because he loves the game. He has passion. He wants to win. But at the same time, we all know as grown men, you have to control your emotions. And I think his emotions are still getting the best of him at times, trying to get everything back in one play. The last play he threw, the interception to Patrick Peterson, if you look at the video, I believe that Singletary waiting in the flat, chilling. That would have been 20 yards, 15, 20 yards, probably untouched because everybody's down the field with Diggs, Davis, and whoever else was down there. That's an easy 15, 20 yards, or Josh could have ran it. I I, I just don't – and I'm not going to blame Ken Dorsey, the play call, and, um, but I will put a lot on Sean McDermott because I keep saying that he seems in, in, in pressure situations 
seems to make the wrong decisions as far as what this team should do on the field. And, and I'm going to get off the mic because I want to hear the Midnight Rider. I want to hear the big guy, KG. I don't think they took a snap out of center the entire game. Ja, if you look at the percentages, it's probably in the 90s, shotgun snaps. Why in on God's green earth would you put Josh Allen under center on that goal line play to try to do the QB sneak? And, of course, guess what happens? A bad snap exchange. You know why? Because he doesn't do this shit all game. No, don't get me wrong. They do do a couple QB sneaks here and there. Why not put Josh in a shotgun, spread him out, and have him boot to the left or the right, and whichever way you have him boot, you have one of your receivers coming in a slant, you have Singletary as an option to toss, you're getting that yard. You're getting a yard or two. You got you got Josh the option to throw it. They have to cover that, so you just can't stay on him. You got Singletary, he, he, let's say he rolls out to the right, Diggs or Gabe Davis is coming from left to right for a slant, possible slant. And you could have sent somebody else. You could have sent Dawson Knox down the down the seams. And I know it's a lot for the goal line, but then they can't crowd the goal line. They have to go guard those guys. You send you send Josh Allen a toss to the right with Singletary with an option to toss. That's five, six, seven yards all day. You can't, you can't take advantage of Josh running the ball all damn day, and then in crunch time, you go away from how this offense works, which is through the legs of seventeen, the legs on armor seventeen. That play was inexcusable. Of course, they come back down the field, they get the 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 the, the points, which they shouldn't have because Gabe Davis didn't catch that ball. On the sideline, he dropped that ball. NFL missed that. Cool. He didn't catch that. And I'm starting to lose my faith in this offense. Since the Green Bay game, when they step on the field now, beforehand, I felt like they can score with any amount of time left. All they need is about 20 seconds to get down the field. Legitimately. Kansas City, the Dolphins, it's a couple teams in this league. They just need a couple passes and they're downfield. Buffalo was one of them. But for whatever reason, that Green Bay game, and I told you, I, I had them winning, beating, beating Green Bay by a million points. It's like when they get up now, they take their foot off the accelerator. And they don't keep pressing. They don't keep putting points on the board. And they, they've been lucky that, you know, Green Bay didn't have Devontae Adams. They probably would have came back and beat the Buffalo Bills. But you ran into a team last week that got – a a dog at receiver and Kirk Cut, they have the ability to, to hit big plays. And they 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 got a a bad taste of medicine last week. So now you come into this Cleveland game in Detroit, Cleveland can run and pass. And I think the Buffalo Bills, I'm I'm looking at 150 plus on the ground for Cleveland today. The only way that doesn't happen if Buffalo gets a lead and then they have to make them pass. Luckily for the Buffalo Bills, it's week 11. They still have time to right the ship. They don't have to be number one in the AFC. 
I told y'all, I, I really don't want that. I think that is, that's going to be a, a recipe for disaster for this team, having a number one seed and getting that body and come in and they're going to get their asses handed to them. I think they're a team that needs to play wild card weekend and keep the momentum going. Um, yeah, you don't want to go to Kansas City again to play, but shit, we can't even worry about Kansas City. You might be going to Miami. You might have to deal with that. It's so much they have to deal with. One game at a time. They have to beat the Browns today. They have to beat the day. You can't fall further behind in the AFC East. You have to beat the Browns today because the Miami and the Jets, they they have more momentum. If you fall behind, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I don't know, man. I just think it's, it's so Leslie, Leslie Frazier. And Sean McDermott, it just. All right, so let me um, talk you off this ledge a little bit. Um, I got a couple questions for you, just because um, I felt you know it it hurts me when you have moments like this. So, um, Bills' offense today, what's the key? You got the Browns. I know you got to deal with um, ninety-five for the Browns. So who's the guy that has to step up today for you, in your mind to um to make this a big day for Buffalo? Josh Allen. Okay. It, it you're not you're not getting any help from the Bills offensive line. Miles, he's gonna dominate that Bills offensive line. It's no rhyme or reason to that. The only thing that's gonna save them is Josh running and getting away from that's that's gonna save them from 95. He's still gonna get to Josh. Is 17. He has to come out and he has to control his emotions the entire game. He cannot um, get over overexcited, trying to get everything back in one play. And the other thing I didn't say, Josh Allen's arm isn't 100%, ladies and gentlemen. If you paid attention to that game last week, there were no big bombs that he would normally throw downfield to Davis or um, – um digs they were you know floaters they were they weren't them 60 70 yard bomb i don't think that arm is probably i'm thinking that arm is probably about 80 85 percent which is still scary because that's a his arm at 80 85 percent as a starter's arm in a league everywhere else but we know what josh allen could do with 100 percent arm and his arm isn't 100 percent and um before I, I, I'm sorry, midnight ride. I know I'm, I'm, I'm chopping off, but it was a play. I believe it was. Think, the, I think it was the first interception he threw to Patrick Peterson, and he tried to punch the ball out of his hand. He hurt himself, and this is what what somebody has to tell Josh Allen. I don't know if it has to be Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bob Miller. Live to fight another day. You threw it. It's over with. We got him to the ground. It's, you should not be doing that because now what if you tear something in that arm? See, just done but for Buffalo. That's it. That's it. You you trying to punch the ball out of Patrick Peterson's hand. Look, I get it, man. The dude's a fighter. You know what I'm saying? The dude wants to win, but you have to live to fight another day. All right. So watching last – because they're showing Buffalo highlights right now on the NFL Network. You're really two plays that don't normally happen 
away from a win last week. I mean, the, the fumble at the goal line that actually results in the touchdown is – I get why they did the, the sneak. It's your short yardage, boom. You're just trying to create room for the kicker, and that's guaranteed room for the kicker. Um, the one-handed catch, my God. I mean, you can throw that ball up there 95 times and 94 times that DB comes away with it. That was just the one time. As Mark Jackson says, um, hey, mama, there goes that man. But if That's you, what Jefferson was. But if you watch that, if you watch that that play over and over again, like I had, I had to force myself. Lewis's arm, he he acts as Jefferson's other hand, so it's not a true one-handed catch. If you watch that catch over and right. over again, he basically cradles the ball for Jefferson to pull in by trying to catch an interception instead of batting the damn ball down. So, so yeah, so fundamental, like it's those situations are tough because as an athlete, you're trying to make a play, trying to go for something, you're not thinking. Like last night, um, watching Merlin play, there were two plays that just pissed me off because one, it's less than a minute in the game, and your return man takes the ball out of the end zone, and another is um, something else happened in the game, and it's just just poor things where you just don't take a knee, save time on the clock. So it's little yep. things in the game. So let's go. Bills, Browns, the minus seven and a half. Um, I'm actually going to take the Browns to cover. Uh, I think we're going to go over. And I think the guy that's going to carry today is going to be Chubb. I think the problem is Buffalo doesn't have an answer for Chubb. Buffalo will win. They'll definitely win. But I think Chubb is going to give y'all problems all day long. And it's going to be a nice thing with Garrett in the backfield. But I think Buffalo will make enough plays that we can get they'll get the dub. I'm picking the Browns on my pick. This is fan move. This is a fan move. I'm picking the Browns on my pick. I want my Buffalo Bills to win. I just think that if they get into a fight with Nick Chubb, it's going to be a long day for Buffalo because they can't play that game. <coughs> the Bills have to get up and they have to make the Browns pass the ball. That's the that's the that's that's the key. If you get back and forth and Nick Nick Chubb is controlling the game, Buffalo loses this game. The only thing that's helping Buffalo today is that they're indoors. So now, guess what? You get you get your full range pass game. It's not cold. It's not hot. It's no it's no sleep because it started snowing last week. It's no sleep. It's none of that. So you get your this your pass game should be on full display. And I see a 350-yard game for Josh Allen. This is one of them games where he comes back, he's mad. I just hope he doesn't overdo it. Um, I want my Bills to win. I definitely think the Browns will cover because uh, the Browns are no slouch. They just don't have a, a upper echelon QB to, to kind of ride that ship right now. But um, I hope Buffalo wins. I, that's all I can say now. I've, I've lost faith in the – Lost faith in the Buffalo offense. They have to come out and prove to me that they can get back to what they're doing. And they have time to do it. But the clock is ticking now because, like, they don't have a two two or three-game lead in the division. They already – they they had the cushion they had and they lost it. And now you got to get it back. But at the same time, it's, it's better to have these problems in week 11 than if somebody go down in week 17. And now you have to go into the playoffs – with a whole different uh, game plan. 
And I will say this before I give it to KG for the, the prediction. The one thing that Buffalo can kind of be like, you know what? We're going to be ahead of everybody when it comes to going to our second string because they played all year. So one of the let's say if Trey White comes out and he's not 100%, he can't go, guess what? Lewis, Benford, Teron Johnson, these guys have got starting playing all year, so they're used to it. And it's not going to be one of them situations where, oh, we're going to go pick on the new guy because he hasn't played. These guys have played. They have game reps. That's one of the only things that if you're doing it right, when you have all these injuries, that helps because these guys get, are getting no, – guys that would normally not get any reps are getting big minutes and big reps. And you get to go against a Justin Jefferson and get light lit up. And Lewis even said in, in the, the post game, he said he thought the ball was overthrown and there was no way Jefferson could get to it. That's what he said. He was he was really he was really upset at himself about it because you know that game rolled on that play. So yeah, I am I'm <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. I don't have I don't have the the I don't have blood pressure medication for this. I can't do this every week with y'all. I can't I can't do this every week with y'all. Something got to give. So I'm picking the Browns and the picks. I'm hoping my Bills will win. Um, if I think everything goes right, I don't think the Browns cover. If 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 you get the perfect conditions, you get, and if Buffalo offense is clicking like I think it will be today. I don't think the Browns cover today. I think it's going to be a game, though. But I don't think the Browns cover. And it's not – I'm not saying it's 14. I'm saying that it might be 21-31, you know, something like that, you know, uh, 20. Uh-oh. The monster got him. <clears throat> I guarantee you somebody called him. Yeah, um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I got a call. Mm-hmm. Uh. Here's the thing. Everybody's talking about Justin Jefferson's uh talking about Justin Jefferson's um catch. But if you remember, Stefan Diggs had a one-handed catch that was absolutely spectacular right before that. So, you a know, true, a true one-handed catch. A true one-handed catch. And everybody's talking about Justin Jefferson. No, Stefan Diggs had catch of the game. And they sent Justin Jefferson's glove and sleeve to the Hall of Fame. Like, look. I'm all for it. You know, great moments like this. It was a brilliant catch, all of that. But sending the stuff to the Hall of Fame, that's kind of blows me a little bit sometimes because you send such small artifacts to the Hall of Fame and you like, okay, but it means absolutely nothing sometimes. Okay, It was a one-handed catch. Did you put Dave Casper's uh, 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 jersey in the Hall of Fame for the Holy Roller game? Yeah, listen to that. I didn't see it in there. I seen Dave Casper in there, but I didn't see the jersey in there. He probably was on the wrong side, man. He was on the wrong side. I went through that whole thing for three hours. <laughs> I didn't see it. You know, ghost to the post. Did, did did was his jersey in there for that? You know, some of the greatest games that we had, all most of them involved the Raiders. The Sea of Hands game. Do you got Miami Miami jerseys and, and, and Oakland jerseys there? Like, come on. I think I think the Hall of Fame has done a better job of trying to recognize these these moments almost as like similar moments. Cause um, I know we've sent stuff up at we, I mean, the commanders have sent things up 
You know, I know the first jersey as the commanders went up to the Hall of Fame. So some of that stuff happens. But let's go, man. Bills, seven and a half favorites. Browns, what you got, man? I got the Bills taking this one. Um, hmm. Got the Bills taking this one. I'll say 27-24. Good old shootout. Hopefully Kareem Hunt does something because I have him in fantasy. Okay. So let's let's hope he does a little something before we move on. I gotta acknowledge this dude right here. When you talk about loyalty, this is the only Detroit Lions fan I think I know. And Jesse, all we can be talking about Thanksgiving Yo. turkey. And my Jesse, man would say, "Let's go Lions." Jesse, Jesse messed up my closing argument, my closing remarks, man. Because <laughs> I was going to talk about the Giants and the and the Lions game, but tell Jesse stick around. <laughs> hey, but one thing I can say. He a Wolverine fan, and they looking pretty good at 11 and 0. Got scared yesterday, but they looking pretty good. They ain't going to make it past next week. <laughs> next game on the slate, the L.A. Rams versus Lady C. Saints. Saints are two-and-a-half point favorites, 39-and-a-half over under. She has already told me last night when I talked to her, she is picking the Saints. So start with the midnight rider, go to the boss, BJ. Who you got in this game? Um, the Rams are so depleted right now that I'm taking the Saints in the minus two and a half. Uh, and I'm taking the over because I think they're in I think they're in New Orleans, if memory serves me correctly. And when you go down to the voodoo, the voodoo center, um, bad things happen. The only plus for me about the, the Rams now is my man, Kyron Williams is healthy. Notre Dame player running back. So he's um, he got some time last week, he had four catches for about 40 yards. I would love to see him tote the pill for him. Uh, he's the perfect third down back because he can block. So I would love to see him get some get some shine this week. Um, the Rams without Cooper Cup, I just don't know what they're going to have. I mean, Allen Robinson's kind of came along, but he hasn't hit any big plays by Allen Robinson. So this is going to be weird watching the Super Bowl champs really kind of struggle to find their footing this late in the season. So – I almost have to take – I'm taking the Saints out of default because I don't see the Rams being able to do enough to win this ball game. Go ahead, B. Man, you talk about depleted. I think the Saints might be more depleted than the Rams are. Like Ingram's not playing. Uh, Cam Jordan's not playing. Uh, the cornerback isn't playing. I can't think – nobody's playing for the Saints. Ah. This one of games is like, yeah, Cooper Cup is missing. But those the guys still got Aaron Donald in there. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Rams to edge these guys out. Um, even though, you know, the Saints has kind of proved me wrong a couple times, especially with the Raiders game. But I, I think I'm going to roll with the Rams today. And you know what the crazy thing is? If you ask any Rams fan what they trade, what they did as far as mortgage in the season to win a Super Bowl, and be where they are now, where they're basically out of contention, you would still do it. You got a Super Bowl. So, yeah, definitely. And then the other thing is, really, I mean, they're just a healthy offensive line away from being back in this. And that's that's really the situation is they're on like their 10th offensive line combination. Yes. KG, I think we, well, I'm, 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 I'm looking at this. I picked the Saints because Cooper Cup being out, that's a big piece. And, I, like, I'm mad that Cooper Cup's out because I got him in fantasy and he's been coming up big. I'm in number one, the number one spot because of Cooper Cup and uh, Tyler Higby. 
I'm a little upset. I am a little upset. So to be honest, I'm picking the Saints in this one. Um, I think Andy Dalton, he, he he's going to play a solid game. Hopefully he doesn't throw too many pick sixes. But give me the Saints in this one, and the Saints will cover. I think they'll win by three. Andy Dolan's becoming the new Matt Schaub with these pick sixes. Matt Schaub, that's a name I ain't heard in a long time. Jeez. Me and my boys, it was a it was a verb, shopping. Mm. Whenever you throw a pick six, you're shopping. Next game on the slate, hometown team. The commanders are visiting the Texans. And the commanders are three-point favorites. Over-under is 41 and a half. Um, I'm looking over the injury report. Cole Holcomb out yet again. J.D. McKissick and Amani Rodgers have been placed on IR. Uh, David Mayo, I believe he was one, listed as one of the inactives today. Uh, we don't know the status for Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, and Tyler Lawson right about now. But they were on the injury report going into this game um for the texans Derek stingley jr is out as well as neville hewitt uh raheem green is questionable and they got a long list of their damn selves but they you know all these guys were full participants jerry hughes um mario addison jalen reeves maven christian kirksey kenyon green brandon cooks and Nico Collins and Malik Collins, they were all full practices on Friday, so we don't know their status for the game as of yet. But Washington comes in this game after defeating the previously undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this is a statement game. So, Midnight Rider, what you got? So, my grade for the Philadelphia Eagles game rides on this ball game. Like I told you, we have to be able to take care of prosperity. You have to be able to deal with it and move forward and not let your prosperity become your adversity. So I'm going to put down the T-shirt. You might have to remember that one. Don't let your prosperity become your adversity. Um, But going back and staying on point. So the commanders, I think I just watched a couple clips of the Texans uh, because they were talking about Saquon Barkley uh, on the NFL Network. And I think we got a chance to make some things happen in the run game. And my eyes got big. When you said Stingley's out, because that's that was my number one concern coming into the day is uh, McLaurin versus Stingley and Tyler. I'm sorry, Taylor Haneke's arm throwing passes against the elite corner. So with that happening, I'm a little bit more comfortable saying that I want the commanders in the three. And then um, go ahead and get your water pistols ready, because this is a KG shootout. Um, We're going to go 24-17. 24-17, and it just hits the under. Ping, 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 ping. <laughs> as big as a game last week was for the Commanders, this is an even bigger game. Like the Midnight Rider says, you can't – this this game here, you coming off that game, you know, hopefully you're not like, hey, you know, nothing stinks now, we're good. And you're going to come in here and – the Texans are going to run you out of the town. You can't, you can't not let that happen. This is a team, you know, and I know we don't consider the commanders an upper echelon team, but this is a team the commanders have to beat. This is one of those games you have to go in here and handle your business. You have to take, you have to build from last week because it was an emotional win too. 
with everything that happened with Ron Rivera losing his mom. If you saw that afterwards, that was a great moment. And we talked about this before, you know, as, as, as beef, as much beef we have with Rivera and Jack Del Rio, Rivera is one of those guys. Once he gets you on his side, you just be like, where do you want me to put my head through this brick wall at? He's just one of those guys. And, and, you know, it helps that he's a former player and all. You have to build off of the, the Eagles game. And you have to go in here. I think, you know, the, the decision, we already talked about it, the decision to ride Taylor Heineke for the rest of the season. Wentz was not getting his job back, especially after the Eagles win. Come in here, establish the ground game. Don't get fancy. Don't get fancy. Solid defense. Build off of what you had last week because you stopped a very, very good offense. And the Eagles, a very a, a top tier offense, you you gave them issues and problems. So you have to build off the little victories. And now going to Houston, and don't ride in there with, you know, a twelve pound nutsack. You know, trying to drag your nuts in on a, on a wheelbarrow. You can't come in here like that because the Texans are going to wipe your ass out. Go in there. You got to handle business today. Oh, I nuts. think it's going to. I think we're looking at a. 21-17 commanders win today. KG. It's funny you say that because when you say that about dragging your nuts in the wheelbarrow, the first thing I saw I, I heard was Buffalo Soldier. <laughs> if you have never seen that episode of South Park, please go watch it. That's that's gotta be about 15, 20 years old, but that was one of the most hilarious ones that I've ever seen. But going into this game and the news that came out this week. Bobby McCain is moved to the slot corner. Walnut Ridges High School's own Derek Forrest will be your starting free safety. He will get a lot more playing time, which is good because he's been coming up. He came up big in that Eagles game. He came up. He's been coming up big a lot in spots this year. Let's see what the kids got. Yeah, Jacksonville game. Let's see what the kids got. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sadly missing... Cole Holcomb, but I think we can hold it down until he comes back. Because him and Chase Young comes back, I think the defense gets even better. And these moves they're making and moving pieces around in the defense, I think the defense gets even better. Offensively, we got a two-headed monster. And uh, I can't remember who said it, but they made the comment that Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson may be the best one-two punch at running back in the league. If Brian Robinson is going to wind up carrying eight, nine, ten guys on his back every run, I'm loving it. I just, I'm just waiting for one of those guys to break off a big run, you know, Alfred Moore style. But they're going to score, you know, you know, Alf could, the glowworm could get out there. That 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 monkey got on his back about the fifteen, the you know, the twenty, and he might have slowed down. <laughs> The gorilla got on his back. But sometimes Alpha Morris will score. He can give you a good 46-yard run and score. But I want to see Brian Robinson break through the middle and just go. And then, you know, he looking over his shoulder and everybody then gave up because they know they're not catching. I want to see that. Then I want to see Antonio Gibson come back and let me do you one better. I got one for you too. So I expect the Washington Commanders to run the ball today because of how good they were at it on uh, last week. And how effective it, it was. So give me the commanders in this one. 24 to 10, a decisive win. Uh, 
they will not be in doubt. The offense will be on the field last. Taylor Heineke will be taking the knee. I got a quick joke for y'all. Alpha Mer Morris, when you're playing Madden, you're looking for a back, and you see this 88 overall back in free agency. Like, oh, man, that'll do it. You go look through his stats. 90 awareness, 92 break tackle, 88 acceleration, and 79 speed. You're like, hell. <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't need him to go that far. But in Madden, I pistol all day long. I run that read option with him. I dominate with that. Next game on the slate. We go into the night game early. Hey, hey oh, I'm sorry. I got some things going on, but I want to drop one other nugget in there with this Houston game. Okay. Before we move on. Um, Damian Pierce, uh, the running back that Houston has, has been killing people. He's very explosive from the University of Florida. So Washington's going to have their hands full because they get out of alignment or placement in this situation. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a situation where they're going to get more than they want from this Houston Texans team. And that's the one guy that Washington has to shut down. I'm sorry. That's all I wanted to get in. You, you know what? I'm glad you said that because uh, I forgot this part now. I don't know how I forgot it. The three players uh, that were killed out of uh, the uh, University of Virginia players that were killed, Washington will honor them with three separate stickers on the helmet today on uh, those players are um Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry of the University of Virginia. They will be honored with decals on Washington's helmet. Uh man, I'm just uh I'm just I don't know. I, I haven't been excited about football in a while. And it's just so much going on and the way Washington's doing things and you know they're they're actually they got their finger on the pulse of the area a little bit. And I, I, I love this gesture of honoring uh, these three victims of a senseless killing, you know? So I, I love that. Moving on to the next game, Chiefs versus Chargers. That's your 820 game. The Chiefs come into this game. Don't look like the Chiefs, but they're five and a half point favorites. Over under is 52 and a half. Uh, Midnight Rider, what you got? Well, the interesting thing today is that Juju Smith-Schuster's out. Mikhail Hartman's out. Um, I have, since we're going to do, since some of our segments come off our fantasy team, I'm playing Kadarius Tony on purpose today because I believe that with Andy Reid, that kid is going to get loose. Uh, I don't know. I know New York, he had problems, but I don't know how you can't fix those problems with a kid this talented. So I don't understand how you make a trade for this kid or trade this kid away. And then you give him to Andy Reed. Like this is like, he, you can't replace Tyreek Hill, but we damn sure close. Like this might not be, this ain't going from Nordstrom's to, to like Montgomery wards or whatever. You know what I'm saying? This is, this, this ain't, he ain't no cheap thing. So this kid's going to be explosive. He's going to make his plays. I think the chiefs in their running game, um, I'm going to make some things happen. The Chargers finally get their two top wide receivers back, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and I think that's going to give them their identity back. The only problem is they're playing the Chiefs, and they don't – San Diego, I mean, I'm sorry, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, San Diego, whatever they are, they just don't win important ball games. They don't make things happen, and that's the biggest issue I have with them. Like, they can – they should be contenders, but they – 
I guess they relish the mode of being a pretender that it just doesn't work out for them. So I say all of that to say that I'm taking the Chiefs, minus the five and a half, and I think the 52 and a half is going to hit just from the simple fact that um, these teams score. These offenses can make things happen. Uh, I think the Chargers this offseason hopefully will go get themselves a running back and stop dealing with um, Eckler. I mean, Eckler's a great third down back, but he's not the runner that you need in this league to make things happen. Um, I would see them as a team that would go up and get like a kid like B. John Robinson from Texas, something like that. But we they need a factor back. And for whatever Eckler puts up in fantasy, he doesn't get it done for me personally as a running back down and down out. Go ahead, B. Maybe they shouldn't have fired Anthony Lynn because they seem like they're doing worse. This is a little shot to the NFL. You keep firing coaches of color and bringing in counterparts that do worse. And uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, I think he had a, a off season, but Anthony Lynn had that team going in, in the right direction. It just our coaches that are skin pigment don't get enough time to do anything. So to the game. I disagree with what the big guy KG said. This is the Kansas City Chiefs, ladies and gentlemen. They just don't have the fastest receiver in the league anymore. They don't have a guy that can touch the ball and take it to the house and be down the field in, in four seconds. Well, McCole Harmon, are you talking about? Tony. Tony. Yeah, I'm Tony, Tony. Yes. Yes, they do. I don't – even though he has that speed, I don't think he has that – He's just not there yet. It, he he's not where Tyreek Hill is as far as exactly. the big playmaking ability, and I think a lot of that stems from how the Giants were using him. And like you said, he comes down to Andy Reid, and it's going to be a problem. Okay, he, he's a poor man's Tyreek Hill. That's yeah, what I was going to say. And exactly. And Juju Smith shoots a missing. It's just like you you turning on your light in your living room and the ball blown. It's like you just put another ball, but he's not a factor at receiver at all. So a guy like that missing, it's just like you're not missing anybody. You actually get somebody else to step up, and you might get some more production out of someone else. But I agree with everything what the Midnight Rider said about the Chargers, an absolute disappointment this year. I really thought they would be contending with Kansas City for that division. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. I just and, and, of course, like every year with the Chargers, injuries injuries and they've been missing their two wide receivers for the last couple of weeks you so you can't expect and, and just like i said with the buffalo defense you can't expect your two number one receivers to be out because those guys are playmakers different makers we're not talking about third stringers we're talking about big play guys you're missing so you know when you lose that of course you're going to lose production on offense so I'm going to take the Chiefs today. I think they'll go back and forth for a second. I think it'll get to a point where the Chiefs kind of open up the game and it's going to have a – you're going to have a 55-60 pass attempt day from Justin Herbert trying to keep up with the Chiefs, trying to keep the Chargers in the game. just is what it is. Uh, I'm with the Midnight Rider. I don't have faith in Austin Eckler to like, oh, my God, he's going to break the game over. He's going to keep it close. He just – I think he would be a good compliment, complimentary back to a really good number one back. Well, you you brought up Anthony Lynn and talking about he had it going in the right direction. His first season in 
LA, he was nine and seven, 12 and four in 2018. Then he dropped to five and 11. Then he brought it back to seven and nine. And he did that with a rookie quarterback. That's seven and nine, you know? Same thing in, in, in Arizona. Steve Wilkes never got a chance. They bring in uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I remember Cliff Kingsbury as a player. Wasn't he, he wasn't really a good player, but he was smart. But you bring him in and, you know, Arizona's still struggling. Anyhow. Cliff Kingsbury was, wasn't a good college coach. They, he, never they, won, he never won more than eight games. And they ran and gave him that job. They ran and gave him that job. And they ran and got him Kyler Murray. And I'm yeah. thinking, I'm a, and, and, and it's like that with, with all, damn near all the black coaches. When they leave, now you get a number one pick. You get the quarterback of the future. But you want you want the guy, just like um, Lovey Smith, uh, the quarterback for uh, Texans. What's his name? Mills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Davis Mills. I actually like Davis Mills. I actually like Davis Mills. I think he, you know, I, I like, like the way he plays. But we all know what's going to happen. Lovey Smith is going to the, the the ride that gap until they fire him, and they, and the Texans have a top two, top three pick, and they're going to draft their quarterback, and they're going to go get the coach they actually want. And, just, and guess just, what? The the Texans as of right now, if they have, the, the pick? they have the number one pick, season end of the day, they got the number one pick. And I guarantee, I I will bet you this box of biscuit I have in my cabinet that Lovey Smith won't be the coach if they draft a quarterback. He's not gonna be. The, he's not gonna get a chance with that. I agree. Well, he wasn't um, coming back anyway. They weren't going. I mean, like the Texans have spent two years on two black quarterback. I mean, black coaches that weren't going to get second years. So, go ahead and figure out who the young guy is. the The other issue with Kings, Kingsbury was Sean McVay made Kingsbury possible because he's a young, smart mind, um, a smart, brilliant coach, and they saw this guy running something that isn't being run in the NFL and thought they could get an advantage. So that's the other reason on this, on that Kingsbury stuff. And looking at the Chiefs, the Chiefs are seven and two. They sit atop the AFC. Uh, they're the number one seed right now. And I say the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs because it just looks like at times they look like the dominant Chiefs of the last three years. And then at times they just look like they're just lost. But the Chiefs will beat the Chargers, whether they're the San Diego Superchargers, the L.A. Chargers, whatever you want to call them. They will beat the Chargers. And this is a divisional game. This, I think this kind of, uh, to be quite honest, the way the playoff structure is looking this season, it's a lot of teams vying for those last one or two playoff spots because we're going seven teams now. So it's a lot of teams, you know, I think that the, the the AFC East as well as the AFC West are going to have multiple teams to win the, the playoffs. The, the AFC West, East has three teams in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I they have four. I thought all four teams were in the playoffs. The well, Patriots are in the hunt. Think, okay. in the hunt. I don't think they're in if it ended today. Okay. But give me the Chiefs in this one, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think Justin Herbert is going to have a great game. But I don't think it's going to be close. I think they're going to fall short. Uh, DeAndre Carter, who I keep my eye on because he's a former Washington football team player. I think he'll have a monster game, but I don't think this game will be close. Um, Chiefs will cover. 
abundantly. And I'm going to go with the over. So can I, can I say two things real quick on this game? Okay. And I, cause I, you keep saying it, not the chiefs of old. I think this is what makes the chiefs even more dangerous because they have to learn their, their, this is their first season without Tyreek Hill. And now, yeah, they, they can still have, if they could get Tooney up to speed, they'll still have that quick playability. But now they can methodically take you down the field also. And it's a whole nother offense. They, they're, you're, you're, you're watching them with life without Tyreek Hill, learning how to adjust and learning how to get the ball down the field, which they're still doing. So I think that it's going to make them even more dangerous at the end of the season when it comes play all time. And if the AFC has to go through Arrowhead, that's going to be an issue. Um, the second thing is, I don't think Justin Herbert has a good game because he has a good game. I think he has a good game statistically because he's going to have to throw it 60 times. I think that's why you, if you got Justin Herbert in your fantasy, he's probably going to have three or four touchdowns maybe, but he's going to have probably two or three picks and he's going to throw it 60 times. And he's probably going to have like 55% completion that like, it's going to be stats by default because he has to throw the ball today. Kind of like a Phillip Rivers game where Phillip Rivers had to throw because he was behind a lot. Exactly. Hmm. I'm going to go uh, 38-28 Chiefs on this one. Uh, last but not least, game of the week. And we talk about tests. We talk about standings. We talk about everything. That is the NFL. The Cowboys are being going to be tested against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota just keeps finding a way to win. Uh, the Cowboys coming to this game six and three. Minnesota is eight and one atop the. Well, they stand shoulder to shoulder with. Nope, I'm sorry. The Eagles are ahead of them. So uh, Minnesota is number two in the NFC East, and we talk about playoff picture. Right as of right now. Three out of the four teams in the NFC East are in the playoffs. The 49ers are above Washington right now for the final playoff spot. Just because they're five and four and Washington's five and five, but everybody else is on the outside looking in. This is just absolutely beautiful, 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 beautiful football. And the Cowboys come into this game underdogs. I'm sorry, favorites. One and a half point favorites over under is 45 and a half. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't play too well against uh Dallas. Midnight Rider. Mike, you on you on mute, baby. My bad. Normally I'll mute myself, but yeah, this number reeks of um getting Cowboy fans to put money on the line, put money on the number. Uh, this. Kirk has played some good ball. Kirk played good ball when he was here. The only problem he had was, I think, when he left, he led the league in go-ahead drives. The only problem was his defense wouldn't wouldn't keep it up for him. So, so, and now he's doing the same thing in Minnesota. And the advantage he's having is, or the success he's having, is isn't really like making him more clutch. It's the fact that now his defense is closing up the ball game for him. So. I think today's another one of those situations. I don't see where Dallas is going to dominate in this ball game. I, I'm a, I think Minnesota wins this outright. 
And that 48 and a half, we're going to get close to it. So I'm going to say over because I think it's going to be 27 24 uh, type of ball game or 31 27 type of ball game because Minnesota has enough weapons where they're, they're going to be dangerous no matter what. And they're going to run Dalvin Cook and uh, they're going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. So all of that's going to come into play. And then on the other side for Dallas, you got Tony Pollard. Hopefully, Tony Pollard gets the line share the carries today. And they can still be dynamic with him. The only problem that um, they're going to have is getting the ball to C.D. Lamb and find that other receiver that's going to help. I know they like to get Noah Brown involved, but Noah Brown is a special story. It's a great story, but I don't know if he's the best third receiver in the league or good at being a third receiver, I should say. So, again, recap for me, Vikings outright. Um, over 48 and a half. That's all I got on this one. I'm going to make it quick and dirty. Um, I think, you know, for me, even though the Vikings broke my heart last week, I'm take I'm definitely taking the Vikings in this game. I just don't think the Cowboys, they're just too inconsistent right now. Um, you know, defensively, you know, I say it every week. I love what they bring to the table. And if, if if they're in this game or if they do happen to win this game, it's going to be because of defense. So you have Diggs and Parsons, you know, on that other side of the ball, way more than what Buffalo had last week. So you have to you have to contest that. I don't think you're going to see 198 yards from Justin Jefferson today, even though, you know, I think he'll be a big factor. Um and I think TJ Hawkinson will be a big factor today, too. So I'll take Minnesota. I think it's going to go over, but I give me Minnesota today. I know I'm about to get crucified for what I'm about to say. Uh-oh! God, I'm about to get crucified. I'm, I'm going to get crucified. Why would you get crucified is what we expect. That's what we expect. Why would you get crucified with... We expect this out of you. That's but why see, you're, I say it every week. That's why your headset. You. That's why your headset is blue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, Dallas, if Dallas does the right thing, and the right thing is to keep Ezekiel Elliott on the sideline for most of this game, let Tony Pollard run wild. Start that running game up. Keep Minnesota's offense off the field. Everybody has shown you the blueprint of how to beat Minnesota. Only thing is you can't let have, let Minnesota back into the game. You have to play a complete 60 minutes of football. If Dallas can do what they need to do and just run the ball and then when – when 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 they got the def- Dallas defense is on the on on the field, let Michael Parsons pin his ears back. Let Demarcus Owens pin his ears back. Unleash MPP to Michael Parsons' problem, and let him be a damn problem. Dallas wins this game. Down goes Minnesota. I'm picking Dallas in this one, and I'm not even fattening frogs for snakes. I'm serious. I'm picking Dallas in this one. Dallas wins this. Covers of course, but they will win this. Easily, thirty-five, seventeen, and you know it, it explains a lot. You know, I've known you for a while, 
And I know why your favorite Ninja Turtle was Leonardo because of the oh blue. My God. I, I understand. I, it's a lot of things that's making sense to me now that didn't really make sense when I was coming up. But I understand now. It's cool. We're not even going to touch that. We're not even going to touch that. Uh, Man, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. Wrap that shit up, B. Final thoughts before we get up out of here. Midnight Rider. So, I forgot your guy's name. Jesse. Detroit versus New York. It's a big ball game for me because I keep going to the picks and I keep picking New York. And each time I pick them, I keep looking at their record. New York is doing with a football team with a bad with a bad team, but also an easy schedule. Should be doing winning the ball games you're supposed to win, taking care of the layups, um, putting your I guess they say what harvesting your nuts, putting your nuts away. So that's what they're doing right now. And when I pick the game, I pick New York to win. Again, so I'm at, I got them at what eight nine wins right now. It's like every time I keep picking them, I'm looking at it like I shouldn't be doing this, but they're playing a game Detroit team. But Detroit can't stop the run, so Saquon's gonna get loose today. He's gonna have his. I think Saquon actually leads the league in yards from scrimmage. So Daniel Jones hasn't looked special this year, but he hasn't killed them. And, like, all they've done is run the ball, and then when, the, when that defense comes out, they kill you with the two big guys inside, Wilkins and Leonard Williams, and they punch you in the mouth. They fight you. They got this kid, number 48, at linebacker. I can't think of his name right now, but when he hits people, my God, it is – he sends people in other directions when he hits them. So I just think this is going to be another ball game where they get – up and get able to punch people in the mouth and kind of dictate tempo. But on the Detroit side, you got to watch out for DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Williams. So, I mean, yeah, that's Williams. So you got to watch out for those two guys. So it's going to be an interesting ball game when we get up there. Uh, I think it's a one o'clock start, but that's what I, what I was looking at today. That stuck out to me big time. Closing thoughts for me. I'm going to go back to the commanders because I think this, this game is an even bigger game than what the Eagles game was because if you lose the game today, this, the Eagles game means nothing. And you lose all that momentum. You lose what possibly you can build off to salvage the season and possibly make the playoffs. We Like a couple of weeks ago, we weren't talking about playoffs with this team. It, it wasn't even in the thought process. Like if you're watching this team on the field struggling – but I think today is a huge game. I think this is they have to implement their will and they have to go in there and show the Texans y'all are not, even though we're not on the top level, y'all on our on our, our level. And we're gonna show y'all this today. We're gonna crush y'all spirits and walk out of here with y'all ladies and y'all kids. That's 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 what you have to do today if you're commanders. And just a quick note, Buffalo, another must win game for the Buffalo Bills. They cannot lose their fourth game. It, it cannot happen today. It's a must win today. They have their hands full with the Browns and that running offense. We'll see. We'll see how they come out today, how they, you know, adversity makes the person. Like, you need this. That You need these row bumps in the season 
So when you get further in the season and the playoffs, when it happens, like, oh, we already went through this. We're good. We went through this. We're good. We know how to handle these situations. So I kind of, as a Bills fan, is agonizing because I love that they're being put in these situations. They have to learn from and they have to build and they have to show character, have to come out the next week and prove that it's a fluke and they know how to rectify the situation. But on the flip side, as a Bill fan, it's, 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 ER, it's an ER trip every week for me. It's an ER trip every week for me because, like, I damn near broke my TV last week watching watching the fumble at the goal line. So they have to come out today, and they have to show the Browns we're upper echelon team, and we're going to beat the paint off your helmet, and we're going home when we can go home, when they clear the snow out. We'll probably stay in Detroit for a couple of days, but then we'll go home. Well, actually, you got to stay in Detroit till Thursday because y'all playing in Detroit on Thursday, so you you'll be there at least until Saturday. I didn't. I didn't even realize that. There's no end. Yeah, that's There's no point in leaving. Right. That was the point of it. Was to get y'all there so that way you, you don't have to worry about travel twice. And then also, let's give a shout out to the Buffalo staff for being able to make arrangements between themselves and the fans, getting guys out of their homes to the plane. Uh, just an amazing job. Just another reason why. Like Bills Mafia is totally different from any other fan base, and and I gotta say that point blank off the top, like the Bills Mafia shows up and shows out. And shout out to the Detroit Lions, you know, and I I know you know firsthand what their fans are going through with the football team, but they open their homes up to Buffalo to come in there and play their their game their their home game, and it's gonna be interesting. I just want to see what the stadium looks like when the camera's playing and how many Buffalo Bill fans are in there. And it'll just um, give you more reason by, hey, y'all should have just stayed in Buffalo if y'all were going to come to Detroit. <laughs> you know? You, you know what's crazy? And I thought about this. Now, as if I'm a Detroit Lions season ticket holder, do I get to use one of my tickets to get into that game? I don't, I, nah, I don't think it works like that. That's why when they open up the um, – the uh, bill stuff they gave it to the season, the bill season ticket holders first. They got first dibs at everything, so it, it kind of works in the favor of the Bills fans in the home game for them, even though it's not at home. Okay, and more likely, if I mean, if the Bills, I mean, I know they're not Washington, so the Bills will probably give their fans like a rebate or like a credit for this game um, going into next season. So that's yeah. another difference that you'll have is. Like when you actually have an organization that actually knows how to take care of people and actually like really consider their fandom as something that's important to them and not just the 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 um the club people. Because sometimes fans, the real fans are the fans that actually carry yeah. the program, not the guys that sit in the suite. You know what I'm saying? Eating caviar and whatever or whatever you have, you know, and, and the fact that you, you know, are a cheap organization and you don't even have a decent spread for the press. I mean, I mean Buffalo wouldn't do anything like that because Buffalo actually knows what they're doing as opposed to some teams that are, you know, housed out of Raul John, Maryland, out of Landover, out of FedEx Field. So it's a total different thing. And the big guy, KG, wouldn't know about that because he's a Dallas fan, so he wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, he got his Gary Hogaboom jersey underneath his shirt right now. <laughs> no, I'm rocking Dolly Parton this morning. You see that? I got Dolly from? on. Where's she from? Dolly. Hey, that's that Texas love right there. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Moving right along. 
my final thoughts is also about the Commanders. This is a must-win game and falling in with tradition. Left hand up. Who are we? Commanders. I got to do it every week because if I don't do it, we don't win. So I got to do it. Got to make sure I put that in there. Washington will win this game. Make sure you're sitting at 1 o'clock for this. Um, make sure you got your fantasy lineup set. Your uh, picks are in. And don't forget the quote of the day from the Midnight Rider. Don't let your prosperity become your adversity. Like, we gotta, you got to give that to the Midnight Rider. We're we going to figure out how to trademark that now. So, you know, he can get all the proceeds for that because we were talking about proceeds last night, and we didn't get paid for a lot of things we've said on these shows. It's time to get paid. So until Tuesday, uh, because Tuesday will be our last show of the week, we will take off for the holiday and enjoy being home with our families and running the streets and whatever and all of that. But until Tuesday, we are the sideline junkies. That's the midnight ride of the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. We did some overtime, but, it, you know, it wasn't much. But we are out of here.